the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado and David Dawson. Happy December 1st, guys. Happy Indeed. Friday. It came yeah. in came in with a bang in Baton Rouge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of places yeah. probably. Yeah. Quite the fireworks display we had last night, but uh, it's good to get a lot of rain. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're going to continue to get a lot of rain as well. Uh, today is the feast day of St. Charles de Foucault, and uh, he just recently became a saint uh, in the last couple years. Okay. And so uh, we'll offer up a prayer on his behalf. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Charles de Foucault, pray for us. Pray we will learn more later on during our Saint of the Day. We were kind of having a conversation on how to say St. Charles's last name. Yes. So I think our Saint of the Day will just set it straight for us and we'll just learn how to say his last Meanwhile, name. Meanwhile, we'll just call learn him St. Charles. More. Let's just call him St. Charles. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. We have a full lineup for you today at 7 after. Eric Miller joins us. He is part of the Louisiana Knights of Columbus and he is going to be giving us some details on what they are about to for the month of December. And as always, especially this time of year, it's a lot for the nights they are giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. In 18 minutes, Tom Costanza joins us. He is the executive director for the Louisiana Conference of Catholic Bishops. And today he is going to be talking about what the Louisiana bishops have been up to uh, lately within the last few months. It's been a lot. Um, and looking forward to hearing from Tom today. In 35 minutes, Emily Malloy joins us. She's a floral design editor and co-author of the new book, Theology of the Home, Arranging the Seasons. And you guys, I was so excited when I got this book in the mail because I have the other Theology of the Homes, ah, and they are so beautiful. This is volume and, uh, they four, just, right? Volume yes, four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and it's it, we'll, we'll talk about it. So if you love arranging your home, making it feel like a home, uh, this is the interview you want to listen to. Hmm. I can't wait. So looking forward to that. Hmm. And in 48 minutes, Dr. Stanton McNeely joins us. He's the president of the University of Holy Cross in New Orleans, and he is going to be providing an update on a DITA scholarship and what UHCNO has been up to for the fall semester which, of course, has been a lot. They're always doing great things over at UHCNO. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to today's show. And Damien, looking forward to your weather report. What do you have for us? Well, we've got a lot of rain, to say the least. It started yesterday, and it looks like it will continue through tomorrow because a low-pressure system right now is bringing plenty of moisture into south Louisiana and the entire Gulf 
coast. Uh, it's also warming up temperatures. The high today is going to be 78. 72 for Saturday and Sunday will be the high, and winds will be out of the south-southwest at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Tomorrow we could see showers hanging around, but hopefully clear out before the big two-lane SMU conference title mm-hmm. championship game being played in New Orleans. And the game is going to kick off at 3 o'clock. Hopefully the rain will be long gone by that time. Sunday, we will start to dry out. Next week looks very good and very promising with plenty of sunshine to get our Advent season started off on the right foot. Temperatures in and around the area right now. It is 68 degrees in Gulfport, Covington reporting 66 degrees, 67 in Baton Rouge, and in Homativity in New Orleans, it's 70 degrees. It's also five after the hour on this Friday. Don't go too far. We've got more coming your way, including your gospel on Wake Up. Good morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 21. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Consider the fig tree and all the other trees. When their buds burst open... You see for yourselves and know that summer is now near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Thank you, Father Chris, for today's gospel. It is 8 past the hour on Wake Up. Eric Miller now joins us. He's part of the Louisiana Knights of Columbus. Good morning, Eric. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Busy uh, December? (laughs) I was about to ask you, are you ready for a busy December? Because there's a lot of things on your list. And I want to start off. Cool. I want to start off with the one that I'm most intrigued about, and it's perfect time of year for it, the diocesan gumbo contest that's yeah. happening in a few days. So, the, yes, the, uh, the all the dioceses are hosting their gumbo cook-offs with the winners qualifying to go to the state competition in um, January. And so I do know on December the 10th, the Baton Rouge Diocese is hosting their gumbo cook-off at St. Thomas More. Uh, so if you want to try a bunch of different gumbos and try out a bunch of different recipes, um, I would head over on Sunday, December the 10th, to St. Thomas More Church in Baton Rouge um, and try some of the KC gumbo. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's quite quite the competition um, and quite the difference. You know, I judge some of those gumbo cook-offs. <laughs> Uh, at different diocese level and uh, amazed at how different it could taste. Yes. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, you follow your mother's recipe and you're like, wow, wow. I don't know how you don't get yeah. all kind of different tastes. Exactly. Where did mom come from? Some of these recipes, because I, I, I was a judge at one and it was like, yeah, okay. I, you know, some of that was kind of <laughs> tough. Yeah. That's Is it right. also tied right. to a fundraiser? I mean, do yeah. our money's raised? How, how's that? How do you it go depends, about to do depends. that? Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the diocese. Um, uh, Sometimes they just give it away uh, to the parish or to the participants, or sometimes they will sell it to raise money for the parish or a charity. Um, I'm not sure how they're running it at St. Thomas More. I want to say they were going to offer it up as a 
uh, parish dinner after mass oh, okay. uh, for anyone that wanted to attend. Wow. Uh, but I'm not sure. Not 100%. But right. I do know it is on Sunday, December the 10th. Um, and I know my council's cooking next Wednesday at Christ the King for finals week. Oh, yes. So, uh, we've got mm. lots of councils out at LSU <laughs> cooking uh, for those kids mm-hmm. for finals. Um, and yes. so, you know, we'll feed anywhere from 300 to 500 kids coming oh. through uh, trying oh, to study. Man. It's a lot of gumbo. Oh, I was one of those students, and I was so grateful during finals week to see the different councils come every day and just give us a feast while we were just so dead and zombies and uh, so grateful for you guys. So thank you, and keep up the good work with that because it's appreciated as well. And also a lot of non-Catholic students do go and get that food and just be a part of the community as well. So uh, it's great to have the nights over on LSU's campus during finals week. Oh, absolutely. We love doing it. We love doing it. Um, yeah, but we've got well, some deadlines coming up. We've got yeah. Christmas poster yeah. deadline coming up December 10th. So for those participating in that need to get those in, we have the Catholic Citizen Essay Contest deadline coming up on December the 5th. Uh, so that's coming up, and I want to put out that we've got our CYLA um, competition or event uh, coming up in January 25th, the deadline, but it's kind of a process to go online and get your information in for those um, seniors in high school if they want to participate in the CYLA. So I want to give them plenty of heads up uh, to start thinking about that. Go to the website, uh, louisianakc.org, and you can go to the CYLA button. And it's all online. Um, No more paper forms. Ah, nice. well, a little bit different I, this year. We'll see how that works. <laughs> and the Knights just help so many students from elementary school up to high school uh, throughout these programs. So thank you so much for the Knights to continue to do that. Uh, really greatly appreciate. Let's talk about Our Lady, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So many parishes are doing such wonderful festivities and events and masses for this feast day. What uh, are the Knights of Columbus doing anything? Um, I do know that they are uh, in conjunction with the Noel Acadian uh, Village um, over in Lafayette at the Acadian Village Festival of Lights. And on December the 12th, um, they are having an event um, that is supporting the LARC students, L-A-R-C. And you can get uh, information on that by going to the AcadianVillage.org. Um, and get information. So I know we are doing that and would encourage anybody over in the Lafayette area to attend that on December the 12th. It looks like it's going to be a great event. Mm. Um, well, Eric, so we the Knights have a... Uh, well, and, and I was going to say the Knights have a wonderful reputation for community building and putting on these events, whether it's dinners or fish fries or the poster competition. And we could go on and on about different events happening in our area. But for you, we have about a minute left. What does it mean to be a knight and why should men become a knight? I think men should become a knight, you know, if they're 18, Catholic, um, become a knight of Columbus because it is a wonderful fraternity to enhance your religious faith, uh, your Catholic faith, um, to bring you closer to God, um, and to help out the parish uh, and the community. Um, I find that the most beneficial uh, and enjoyable to be able to give back 
uh, to those in the parishes and communities. But uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful uh, organization for me. Um, I'm glad I joined years ago now and would encourage all uh, Catholic men to consider joining the Knights of Columbus. And where um, can and they go can, to join? And to join. Oh, there that's you go. easy. You can go to <laughs> kfc.org. Uh, there's a join button, um, and there's a code, Blessed McGivney, that uh, defrays the cost for joining, and it's all, all right. online. Um, and so, you know, put in the parish, church parish that you would like to be associated with, and if you don't know, We'll find one for you, but uh, I encourage Great. every man to join. Wonderful. Well, Eric Miller was part of the Louisiana Knights of Columbus. Thank you so much for being with us, Eric. Y'all have a blessed day. All right, you two stay with us. Tom Costanza joins us from the Louisiana Conference of Catholic Bishops when we return from the break. It is 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 1st. Today we celebrate St. Charles de Foucault. Born into an aristocratic French family in 1858, Charles was orphaned at six and raised by his devout grandfather. As a teen, Charles rejected Catholicism and joined the army. He was sent to Algeria with his regiment where he resigned his commission. Inspired by the Jews and Muslims he met in Africa, Charles resumed the practice of his faith upon returning to France in 1886. He first joined a Trappist monastery, transferred to one in Syria, and eventually left there to serve as gardener and sacristan for a poor Clare monastery in Nazareth. In 1901, Charles went back to France and was ordained a priest. Returning to North Africa, Charles was invited by a former army comrade to live among the Tuareg people in Algeria. He learned their language well enough to compose a Tuareg French dictionary, write poetry, and translate the Gospels into Tuareg. The outbreak of World War I led to attacks on the French in Algeria. When the settlement where he lived was seized in a raid, Charles and two French soldiers visiting him were shot to death on December 1, 1916. Charles was beatified in 2005 and canonized in 2022. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and other Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It's almost 19 after the hour. Happy Friday morning, everyone. Welcome back to Wake Up. And with us now, Tom Costanza, Executive Director of the Louisiana Conference of Catholic Bishops, here to update on what they have been doing, especially from a legislative point of view. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Good morning. That's a hard act to follow, the combo <laughs> at LSU, I tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, thanks so much. I uh, uh, enjoy being able to give everybody an update. You know, the main session will be starting in, in March, but we have several interim meetings, that committee meetings, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, what we've been doing, uh, we had one meeting, uh, we follow the Catholic social teaching principles and uh, one meeting focused on care for God's creation. Mm. So we worked with the committee to kind of un- give them understanding of the importance of the environment. Uh, we we um, talked about what Pope John Paul started in 1990, really talking about the, 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 the moral dimensions of the environment. And then, you know, Benedict talked about if you want to protect 
promote peace. You have to protect creation. And, of course, John uh, uh, Pope Francis, of course, uh, wrote Care for Our Common Home. And he kind of tied everything together that we're integral with the environment, that human development is integral with the environment, and that we should protect it. So there's many issues, as you know, around that. So our first effort at these committee meetings is just try to uh, underlie the moral dimensions of the environment and how we should care for it. Um, a lot of a lot of work, honestly, has been leading up to this session around education. Mm-hmm. As you know, um, education is critical uh, in so many areas for the church. Um, you know, helping people out of poverty. So this coming session, we're working on um, the principle of Catholic social teaching called "Call to Family, Community, and Participation," which would uplift parental choice as the parents being the primary formators of their children. Mm. Therefore, they should be able to um, have the money follow the child, so to speak, in terms of tax dollars to educate their children. Mm. That will that will be, of course, um, uh, a lot of details. Uh, it, it'll be uh, a shift in the way possibly we do education and hopefully help some of our Catholic schools but it's more it's it's a, a going to be a very i think interesting um and uh highly you know publicized debate <laughs> this coming session on education and what's the best model for louisiana what are the best uh, models that you guys might be looking at do you are there any you're bringing yeah. to the forefront to our uh, political leaders yes uh we working uh dr raynell houston is on the transition team uh, with Governor-elect Landry on education. As you may know, he formed several transition teams. So we're working with the Catholic school superintendents to put up basic tenets. Um, we've looked at the Florida model, which is very good. Um, Arizona has a good model. Actually, Arkansas just went to a universal choice model. So basically, it's, it's having the parent. Um, the fundamental model would be what they call an education savings account where the parent, uh, uh, the state MFP formula, which is around 5,500 in Louisiana, uh, would be in an account. And then the parent could decide, do I want that for a, a private school? Do I want that for tutoring? Do I want that for technology? So it's the, some of the best models have a certain amount of money that the parent, it wouldn't be for the parent per se, it would be directed to a school or a, a program. But it would, it would, the best models are giving the parents the, the choice. But every child would have $5,500 that a parent can determine where in, the need in, is? In this, in this current, uh, we don't know the exact model that will be laid out. Right. That would, that would be the models that we would, say, advocate for, um, which is not enough. I don't, you know, in terms of the total cost, mm-hmm. but I think what might happen in this legislature is there going to be some, you know, incremental changes, evaluate how they do. But the fundamental principle would be, you might have heard the term, uh, the money follows the child. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's kind of what this is. And it, it, it all remains to be seen how much, how fast is there any um, income guidelines, et cetera, on any of this. Okay. So uh, there's a lot, a lot of details, but the, the Catholic school superintendents are working hard on this. Yeah, and that's great. Uh, what, you know, the challenge is the fact that our children are not reading at grade level after about the third or fourth grade. And my question there wow. is, how do we get that 
to be improved. Yeah. Uh, money is yeah. you can't just have money follow the child. I mean, that has that's the system itself in the public school system, which is why the the private schools, the Catholic schools are excelling right now. Well, you you really bring up a good point. Um and and I must say though, uh, Secretary Brumley uh, of Department of they've made we've made some progress on literacy. We put money into early literacy training, training teachers on on using phonics to teach literacy. Uh, we 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 borrow any models from actually Mississippi that increased the literacy rate. So, but a lot of what you're talking about boils down to you know we still are 49th and 50th in mm-hmm. poverty in Louisiana. Uh, the, the term like, do you have enough food? Uh, do you have a, a safe housing situation? Is there domestic violence going on? Is there gun violence going on? The children are impacted on traumatized on many levels. So when we look at education and reading, we have to just be prudent and understand that, you know, we have a lot of our children living in those situations. Yes. And those are the social determinants that we've got to address. I agree with you, Tom. And my daughter taught for over five years in uh, pre-K in public school system. And part of her responsibility was to make sure they got a meal at the beginning of the day before they started any lesson plans. Mm. They had to feed the children because it was a, uh, I guess, a, a very low-income type public school where it was, the neighborhood. And... Um, um, you know, I, 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 that just baffles me because it takes away from the education. But you still, you're right. If you don't feed them, they're no, not going to want to learn. Gonna, right. And and you it's know, a shame I'm, we have to deal with it that way. <laughs> no, but uh, thank your daughter for for doing that ministry of education. And we we did put more money into school nutrition programs this past session. We need to do a lot more yeah. because it's the fundamental. You know education and learning and being nutritious having the food in, in your stomach and be able to learn so mm-hmm. you're hitting on some really important important things that people don't talk too much about so i appreciate that well well you you went south uh, to the border didn't you recently <laughs> tell us about that well, trip I, what's going on down there buddy yeah you know that was more a, a sort of a actually i was trying to do a little retreat uh and i, I knew sister norma does wonderful work and Catholic Charities on the border. Mm-hmm. She has a respite center. And I guess the takeaway from me, I went just a volunteer, you know, and uh, I uh, I was just uh, working in the pharmacy. Just They were coming from all the countries. And Border Patrol, we only accept uh, families that Border Patrol has screened. Mm-hmm. And so we work with them, and they have a sponsor. And they spent a couple of days in, 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 um, in McAllen at the respite center. And it was just a loving care. I experienced the Jesuits came in and did mass. Oh, you nice. had this wonderful experience. So it was more of a pastoral, and I had a chance to go across the border as well and see some of the work that the Daughters of Charity and other faith pe- people are doing. So it was more, um, you know, there's many issues that, on immigration, as you might know, mm-hmm. but this was more the power of the Eucharist, the power of bringing people together through the mass, and just the pastoral care that the Catholic Church is giving people in that situation. Well, that's great. Uh, We've got one minute left, Tom. Anything you want to make sure we are aware of or highlight uh, with in conjunction with the Louisiana uh, Catholic bishops? You know, we we spent a lot of time, uh, all the bishops, on um, the death penalty and trying to, Mm. uh, you know, curtail that. We tried to at least, uh, there was a claim, you might have heard, there was, uh, we were trying to get, the 56 men and women on death row, just to uh, 
get the death penalty removed, not to remove them from prison. They would stay there the rest of their lives, but just to take that, that death penalty away from them. We were not successful, but that, you know, we, we kind of, we keep trying. That's a pro-life issue for us. You know, right. life is sacred from conception. So just know that we did spend a lot of time this last couple of months, uh, pleading with the porn board to have mercy to, to, you know, a lot of people, uh, in that situation. We were just, we just asking for mercy that they would just not have the death penalty over their head. Yeah. Um, And we were not successful. Go ahead. Tom, when was the last time someone was put to death on death row? It was a while ago. I think it was like 2010. And we haven't executed many people because um, it's by lethal injection here in Louisiana, and it's it's difficult to get the drug. So in, in a sense, we still have the death penalty on the books. But we've been fortunate to not be able to use it that often. Yeah. So we st- we just want to remove that. That's just not a life. That's not a pro life issue yes. for the Catholic Church. I I think a lot uh, of people feel that way in today's world too. And I agree with you. You know, we're we're against abortions, and and I agree, death row. Uh, you know, that needs to be done that. away with. So keep up the the good fight. If they want to find out what's going on, where do they go? Real quick. Yeah. I would say go to my website, the website, www.laccb.org, and uh, just hit take action, and, and uh, a simple registration takes about 10 seconds. I'll give you all updates every couple of months, and during the session every week, we'll give you an update, tell you what bills we're supporting, uh, neutral or proposing, how you could get involved as a Catholic. And we have Catholic Baseball for Citizenship Day, April 17th in Baton Rouge. All and right. there will be right. more information there as well. Tom Costanz, Executive Director of Louisiana Conference of Catholic Bishops. Thanks for all your good work, and have a great Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Thank you all so much, y'all as well. Okay. 45 after the hour, Emily Malloy is coming our way. Stick around. She's got some house decorating tips and more for you. It is 35 past the hour. Thank you for tuning your heart to the truth and joining us this morning. I hope you drive safely to work or dropping the kids off at school this morning. I know in some areas it is raining pretty hard. So thanks so much for tuning in. Looking forward to our next guest, Emily Malloy. She joins us now. She's the floral design editor of the new Theology of the Home for Arranging the Seasons. Good morning, Emily. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning. It's a joy to be here. Okay, I was so excited to get this press release because I have Theology of the Home 1 and then Theology of the Home at the Beach. And this one is right on my shelf along with the other ones. Tell our listeners about, you guys, the pictures are stunning and it's really inspiring. Yes, that's my vibe. So tell our listeners about Theology of the Home and the idea behind these wonderful books. Yeah, so the idea is to really help us reorient our focus back to the home. And so in these books, you see a compilation of um, beautiful images that kind of draw you in, but it doesn't just stop at sort of that that um, visual level within the pages you read. A lot of different reflections and philosophical musings um, that really help us to ponder what it is about home and, and what we can do in our home life to better prepare ourselves for our eternal home. 
Well, one of the things, too, is uh, decorating our home to feel like a home. You know, when we come back from work or school, we want to go into a place that's calming, soothing, and can really draw us closer to God. We talk all about uh, sacred art. Uh, but tell us, what is the idea behind the phrase theology of the home? Well, so it, it is kind of, as you say, it's this idea that there is something within the home that can draw us closer to God and in, in the way that it is a domestic church, right? And mimicking the mother church. Mm -hmm. So everything that we do within our own homes in the same way that we do things in the other aspects of our lives can really form us um, spiritually. Well, Emily, when you open these books, the first thing that I think would stick out to someone is the floral arrangements, which are very intricate, uh, and also the different areas around the home that are just so extravagant that you're like, oh my gosh, you know, look at that house that is so beautiful. You know, it's kind of like a magazine picturesque setting. Did you arrange all of these, um, you know, designs to be put in the book? What was your role? Yes, so I um, kind of did a soup to nuts <laughs> for the book. So I, <laughs> I did the writing, um, I arranged everything, staged, and um, photographed everything in the book. That's amazing. How long did it take you to do that? Because these are not just, you know, put a flower in a vase and call it a day type arrangements. Yeah, so it's, an, it's a really interesting question. So typically, as you can imagine, a lot of times you want to wrap up a project like this quickly. And uh, oftentimes you have a photographer for a certain amount of time and you do a, you know, a big shoot and then it's kind of done and over with. Um, but when Carrie, Noel, and I were, were brainstorming this project, um, really at the end of 2021, we made the quick realization that for the authenticity of the writing of the book, that it was going to... I'm gonna, I was going to have to live it out. So we made the decision to um, stretch it out over a 10-month period. So then that way I could grow everything and really steep myself in each season and live it. You know, So I lived the book in real time, and I think it comes out in the writing of that book um, because there were a lot of triumphs. There was a lot of um, trials, uh, as we have in life. And mm -hmm. so I was really grateful that Tan was um, willing to be patient to give that 10-month period because I think it lent to a, a certain authenticity in the writing. Emily, when I think about theology of the home, I think about the different people in my life that have different types of themes in their house, where it's those who are cultivating the earth and out in their farm raising their chickens and collecting eggs, or it's those in the city. Um, we have family members who do it all. Uh, so how do you cater to the homemaker or the one who wants to bring that beauty into their house when there's just different settings that they bring uh, to their family and how they live? Well, I think it's something that I have, I, I've become a really big advocate of is whatever is in your home should be a reflection of your interior disposition, right? So we can go online or get magazines and, and feel inspired. But as you say, you know, we all live in different regions and we all have different sort of cultures within our own home externally if we're in the country or the city or a suburb mm -hmm. um, and, and just a w different way we live our lives and I think that is the unique thing about home. So I'm always a big advocate for just do you know 
making your home a reflection of you, you know, whether it's in particular sacred art in your own personal devotions or like you say, you know, finding beautiful landscapes of the country, you know, that kind of mimic the outside on the inside of your house or, you know, something more fun and posh um, as you live in the city. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about where our listeners can pick up a copy of Theology of the Home for Arranging the Seasons. Yeah, so it's available at tanbooks.com and also at the Mercantile over at theologyofhome.com. Highly recommend picking up this book and looking at the beautiful images. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us today. Emily Malloy, uh, floral design editor of the new Theology of the Home for Arranging the Seasons. Thank you. All right, uh, guys, yeah, yep, <laughs> how <that's>... do you <laughs> design your home? How do you make it feel like a home? You know, actually, uh, any, or how do your wives <laughs> feel like a home? Maybe you guys do it. We, we it do. Uh, we do. What do they call it? Early grandchildren. I mean, it's pretty much, uh, uh, we do, we don't do fancy. We can't do fancy. We got a lot of grandbabies come through our house. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you keep a child. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it's, that's how if you want it to decorated. last. Yeah. In other exactly. words, you don't have a whole lot of nutcrackers. No. Laying no, around no. because they, and, they would all be cracked. And that's exactly what happened. A whole lot of broken uh, ornaments yeah. and nutcrackers and stuff sure. like that. But that's all right. The the decorations around our house are our grandkids. So mm-hmm. there. Mm. Well, that's yeah. okay. Oh, I right. they thought one way to look at it, for sure. <laughs> Damien, uh, you're always talking so highly of your wife and her decorating skills. Yeah. Well, yeah, she, she likes to decorate. We have everything from the snow village to the... Oh, wow. Uh, really? Yeah, the garland around the front door and uh, with the lights and nice. Santa Claus and all kinds of stuff. So You charge admission? She's going to come uh, see? Uh, no. no. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'll ever invite you to my oh, house, but shoot. anyway, All right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding with you. You're more than welcome to come and <laughs> see pictures. But uh, yeah, I mean, she does the little plates on the table, you know, and the different colors. And bit, really, but, but by my mother-in-law, she collected Santa Clauses all her life. She's 87. Oh, cool! Like, like what? And, and what she's got over 60 Santa Clauses that like, we what? like little statues, little, every shape, like size, really more yeah. than figurines. Santa I mean, the beach. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. LSU Santa. I mean, it's Santas that depict just about anything that caught her eye over the years. Yeah. And we get, that's what uh, my wife is doing this weekend putting out all the Santa Clauses oh, she in, got in the, the Santa's house. Oh, it hurt for her mom's That is cool. Yeah, it makes for a festive time, too. Yeah. I always valued my um, husband's grandmother would have different themed trees throughout the house, like mini trees, and oh. one would be like a football theme or a beach theme or a pink oh, wow. theme. And it was just so cute. Every room that you would be in, it would be a different themed tree. Cool. Um, it was it was awesome. I, so I love Putting that one. up one tree is enough for yeah, me. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Now, there's little little trees. That's one thing. Okay. They were little. Yeah, but but there's that okay. effort. Don't forget yeah. the effort of, of, of the decorating part. Yeah, well, you yeah. Know, but if it's a small tree, you could have fun doing it. Yeah, but it, it is I, worth it. You know, that's one thing my daughter did this year. Each uh, of her children, my two grandchildren, they each have their own Christmas tree in their room. Really? Yeah, that's it's kind of cool. So nice. they, uh, not to mention that. two other trees. So they're, they're like, is it what's your, your grandmother, Gabby? Who had a, a tree was, in every it's, room? It's, yeah, Andy's grandmother had a tree in every room. Yeah. 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 It was very, very good. nice. Wow. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, I, I definitely take a look at that book. They have so many wonderful ideas for different types of homes, wherever you are. Don't let it stop you from getting some ideas uh, and making your house a home, especially during this time of year. But yeah. uh, definitely check that out. We linked it in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. That's Wake Up Friday. It's the first video you see when you go to our Facebook page right now. So definitely uh, look at that. Dr. Stanton McNeely joins us. He's a president of the University of Holy Cross in New Orleans, and he will be giving us some updates. It's 45 past the hour on Wake Up. Eight past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith and Damian Collado. And right now we have Dr. Stanton McNeely. He's president of the University of Holy Cross. And we're going to talk about, well, there's a lot of things going on at Holy Cross right now, because it's been a bit since we've talked to you. Good morning, doctor. Good morning, David. It's a pleasure to be with you. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you back. Now, the first thing we want to talk about is uh, we're gearing up for you the annual DITA Scholarship Dinner. What is what is the DITA Scholarship? DITA, DITA Scholarship, this, this right? Scholarship, David, mm -hmm. is, is a blessing to our university, to our mission, and to the students of the University of Holy Cross. It really is a multi-generational family legacy and story about how the Holy Cross charism of educating in the mind and the heart has impacted generations within the Ditta family. It mm -hmm. started with the grandmother, um, Rose Grilletta, and she came to what was then Our Lady of Holy Cross College as a non-traditional student, someone who's a little bit older, and she mm -hmm. came and began her studies and graduated. And her son, Joey, came to um, the University of Holy Cross, and um, on the passing of, his, of both his mother and his father, he established a scholarship. And he met his wife, Colette Mandina, um, at, at the Holy Cross as well. So it's been quite a good legacy. And the impact, they've raised over $300,000. We've gone, um, and, and they're going, they, they've told me last year, they're going to half a million dollars to help support students and their education so they can experience a Catholic Holy Cross and Marianite education with our university. My and goodness. it's impacted the lives of students in nursing, in business, and education, and our mental health counseling programs, too. Wow. Wow. Mm. So so this, this thing has been ongoing for how many years? The scholarship event has been going on for about six years now. We had wow. a little interruption, as everybody did, during COVID, so we weren't right. able to do it. But um, we're very glad that, that you know, the blessings of, of COVID and of all the experience of COVID is behind us, and we're blessed to be able to resume that event, which we did last year. And, and so um, this is our, our, our next opportunity coming up very soon. Well, that's fantastic. Now, what t type of scholarship is it? I mean, is it uh, who qualifies? Who is it? Is it geared for any particular individuals? It's, it's usually geared to students who are working their way through their Holy Cross education. And, and so, just like uh, Joey's mom, when she came to, to Our Lady of Holy Cross College, um, you know, to, to be able to help those in need a bit more, yeah. um, they're showing the, the drive, the determination. They want the experience of what we offer at Holy Cross. Yeah. And so we want to give them that support. And, oh, that, and, that. and that scholarship has been making a big difference. Oh, that is great. That is great, letting uh, other folks have these opportunities. So you're going to have a dinner mm -hmm. benefit, benefiting the family? Um Benefiting the scholarship, exactly okay. right. The, the, the family, uh, it, Joey Ditta and his wife Colette, um, also an alum, they have been doing so much support with getting friends of the university, and we welcome the broader community for our mission and purpose with this event. It's going to be a dinner, like you mentioned, David, mm -hmm. on Tuesday, December 12th, 
at the Southern Yacht Club in New Orleans on the lakefront. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, is it, is it open to the public or is it uh, uh, invitation? It is How definitely to... open. Right. It is definitely open to the public. We welcome those who want to support the scholarship in the true mission of Catholic higher education. Right, right. Okay. Yes. So tell us uh, more. What is going on over at Holy Cross? Well, we, we have lots of things happening. We, we, uh, we're wrapping up an exciting fall semester right now. Of course, we're, we're excited about entering Advent and, and having a, a wonderful Christmas. But at the same time, we're very excited about um, our spring semester coming up. Wow. Um, we, we just had, uh, right before Thanksgiving, our annual prayer breakfast um, on November 10th. And that prayer breakfast was our most successful. We had a tremendous representation from the community, from our Catholic schools in the Archdiocese in New Orleans, from other schools as well, and, and our partners in education, business, and community. And, um, and it showed the spirit of the university in many ways. And taking that momentum into our spring semester, we have spring registration going on right now for Gosh. a moment. <laughs> Um, so That's amazing. We, we, it, it's it it's tough to going. pick spring right now, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. but, but, but I guess you have to do that. My goodness! So uh, you're exactly right. Ahead. Yeah, that's that's the thing now, and and uh, you know, technology has accelerated some things with with the ability to do that. Um, but but we we start registration actually in October, um, and and that's something that's typical now for colleges and schools for the next semester. It's usually uh, October for January, and then and then that continues in the cycle. But uh, we start our classes for the spring on January sixteenth. Oh wow! And so, okay. Um, so students and future students and anyone who's interested in having that Holy Cross experience um, can call us at 1-800-259-7744, or they can reach us on our website at uhcno.edu. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What a gift that Holy Cross has. So mm-hmm. if we want to get more information, um, any information as far as that goes, what can we do? Well, you know, it's one of the, one of the greatest things is that we are accessible twenty four seven, David. So, so um, you can contact us through our website at uhcno.edu. Um, one of the things too, you could also specifically call if you're interested in the DITA scholarship dinner event. You can yeah. call five zero four three nine eight two two zero six. That's five zero four three nine eight. Two two zero six, and that's and coming up. That's, that's uh, on the twelfth. Yeah, so that's right. So that's register. coming up fast. Yeah, that's exactly right. So now's a prime time to help support that scholarship for students wanting to experience Holy Cross and and the beauty of the education we provide. And and then of course for our for our um, admissions line again, that's one eight hundred two five nine. Seven seven four four. Okay, I'm sure Gabby's going to put those uh, that information <laughs> in 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 our Facebook uh, comments, Gabby. It's already on there. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Oh, all right. Yeah, wow. See, we're on top of it, Doctor. So, <laughs> Thank you all so much. All right, Doctor. Thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to talking to you again. Same here. Thank you for the opportunity, as always. And may you ha- and your families and your loved ones have all the blessings of Christmas. You as well. Thank you, you Doctor. Too. God bless. Thanks. Very good. God bless. Hey, you know, uh, Father Jason Palermo wanted us to mention that they're having their 15th annual Winter Wonderland Food Festival at St. Joseph Catholic Church in oh, French boy. Settlement this Sunday. French Settlement. From 9.30 to 4 o'clock. There's gonna, we talked about gumbo earlier. They're going to yeah. have gumbo, uh, jambalaya, shrimp, fettuccine, you name it. It's on the menu. Uh, live music and entertainment. Uh, Father Jason's Christmas Village featuring New York and London. Gosh. And a 63,000-piece replica of the Notre Dame uh, Church. 
made of Legos. What? What? Father Jason put it all together. Are you kidding? It's worth go there the just trip to see that. To see that, my son mentioned that that's what he wanted to do this year. Start his uh, Lego Christmas Village. Apparently, Notre it's an in thing. Yeah, that's awesome. So anyway, that's I mean, that's a lot of details. If you're going to do Notre yeah. Dame, yeah, it, I mean, it, you know, with it's going to be a fun, and the weather's going to be good for Sunday. Yes, so it is. Uh, Saint Joseph Catholic Church uh, over there in French Settlement. You know, the food's going to be good. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a great week and great having y'all along for the ride. And thanks for bringing us along for the ride as well. We're going to wrap up with our prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am already ready for you and I accept all. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so I need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being with us. We'll catch you back here on Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Another full show for you. Dr. Tom Ryan joins us from the Loyola Institute for Ministry. They have an upcoming Men Praying the Rosary for Community Unity and Celebration that they want to give you details about. Lonnie Thibodeau with the Bayou Catholic Magazine will be with us. Alan Migliorato will talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And Sister Mary Martha Moss from the Daughters of St. Paul will talk about the upcoming ever so popular Christmas concert. Mm. So have a, I know, I love that Christmas concert. It's amazing. (laughs) It's so great. (laughs) Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Media.